Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Program. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Steadfast and Loyal. And as many of you know, I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, in the old Fourth Ward neighborhood, a very historic neighborhood where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was also born and raised. But a couple of weeks ago, some incredible news came out of the Atlanta metropolitan area was that there was a Georgia state representative who decided that she was going to change her party affiliation from Democrat to Republican. And so with us now, we have Georgia State Representative Misha Maynard. She has two daughters, Chloe and Alexis. They are 17 and 11 years old. Representative Maynard enjoys hiking, boating, research, spending time with her family, and enjoying and going to new restaurants. And I just found out before we came on air that one of her daughters goes to the exact same high school that I graduated from back in 1979. State Representative Maynard, welcome to Steadfast and Loyal. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Well, I appreciate that. And like I said, we share, you know, having Atlanta as our background. Of course, I left and, and went on to University of Tennessee and went to the Army. But talk to us about what have you seen as, as far as the changes, what things are positive, what things are not so positive about the Atlanta area? Because, you know, I remember when Maynard Jackson came in and we went from being a you know, small little sleepy southern town to this international uh, city uh, that people know so well. You know, a lot has changed and a lot has not changed. So the great Maynard Jackson was the mayor of Atlanta and um, the district, Martin Luther King, where his final resting place is actually in my district, in District 56 off of well, Sunset Avenue. Yeah. And so from that perspective, um, Sunset Avenue, the English Avenue community, the Hunter Hills community, the Mosley Park community, these communities really are all, they look the same, right? Mm. Nothing has changed in these communities. It's also the community that I was born and raised in. So when I went into office um, three, four years ago, it was really my goal to um, impact, right? To create yeah. a positive impact. When I see people walking down the streets for the past 50 years, and now um, some of my friends that I used to play with walking down the street, uh, it bothers me. And I think that there are options and there are things that are available as far as resources to people in marginalized communities, but I learned um, actually being in elected office that the amount of resources that are available are not being distributed, right? Yeah. People are not letting um, these marginalized communities know that there are resources available. And I don't want to say too much in this opening, but in addition to that, 
there are so many things that can help a marginalized community. And I found that the Democrat Party was anti-helping them, um, which was the main reason why I decided to switch parties. You know, that's an incredible decision that you made, because as I was reading, the district that you represent is overwhelmingly Democrat. So you're not making this decision as part of political survival. You're making this decision based upon something within you that you saw that you could not agree with anymore. So what was it about the principles and values? What was it at the nexus of making this decision to switch your party affiliation? You're absolutely right. So this was in no way a decision so I could win an election. Uh, making this decision would make many people feel like this is the end of my political career. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that, right? I didn't get into politics to be a career politician. I didn't get into politics for fame and notoriety. I got into politics because I wanted to help. I'm a physical therapist, so my entire career has been helping people. Um, solving problems, right? Figuring yeah. out what the root of an issue is, making some short-term goals and some long-term goals, and then the solution appears. But that really is not what happened within the Democrat Party at the state capitol. What was the nexus? What was the issue that just said, I'm going to die on this battlefield? <laughs> was really school choice. And yes choice um, in my district, I can only speak for my district, but I do know the numbers for the entire state of Georgia. In my district in particular, there are schools where only 2%, these are some stats that just came out recently, a few weeks ago, 2% of kids in a school meet re math proficiency. Incredible. 3% um, are meeting reading proficiency. So if you have kids that can't read, um, can't perform math, where where does that leave them, right? So we're in the age of artificial intelligence, chat GPT. If you've seen Whole Foods, you know, you can purchase things by your hand now. Grocery stores are eliminating cashiers. So when you think about the retail market and the retail labor force, those are sometimes people that didn't finish high school. And so it's leaving generations and generations of people that are already in marginalized communities in despair and despair leads to many other things. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because that's a national issue, this educational freedom, parental rights, school choice. Uh, and when you see parents that are standing up, they're being labeled as domestic terrorists. And just recently up in the state of North Carolina, just north of you there, uh, the Republican legislature passed school choice and the Democrat governor, Roy Cooper, issued a state of emergency over the passing of school choice. But when you bring out these statistics and we see it in Detroit, we see it in Baltimore, we see it in Washington, D.C., every major urban population center, we see the, the failure of education systems and this is the traditional public school education, but yet we have the public school unions, uh, the NEA and the AFT, they don't want to have that challenge. They don't want to have anything different. And sadly, we have a political party that is enabling that. So when you stand on that issue, what have been the ramifications and the consequences of you making that decision and articulating that this is about helping people through getting a quality education so they don't end up being marginalized as adults and they don't end up being victims? 
you know, I think America and I think Democrats need to ask themselves, why is educating a black child a state of emergency? Mm. Ponder that, right? Educating a black child, the North Carolina governor said, is a state of an emergency. I can think of many things that should be at a crisis level. Teaching a child adequately how to read and write um, and perform math, the state of emergency is the people thinking that that is a state of emergency. Yeah, you're right. How can people... um, Help me in this fight. One, going to my website, which is MishaMaynard.com. Right now I'm fighting a system. Um, Fighting a system is not easy, but I'm up for this task. Um, I feel like it's a task the Lord has clearly wanted me to be on. Um, So helping me, you know, donate to my cause. What has happened since then? People in the Democrat Party have been all over social media threatening me, um, calling me all kind of vile, racist names. Um, to At this point, we've had to get the GBI involved, wow. police involved, um, just trying to figure out who the people are associated with these IP addresses because the threats are serious, the threats are real, and I have children. Um, I don't want anything to happen to my children just because of a policy issue. Um, I feel like we are in such a hyper-partisan world where what happened to agreeing to disagree, right? Do you have to hate me because I feel one way about a policy, really? And a lot of people that are in politics, especially on the Democrat side, that are opposed to school choice, their children are in private schools. Mm. They don't have children. Or they're lying and they're sending their child to a better performing school using someone else's address. And so if it's okay to give your children a choice, the question is, why don't you want to give a marginalized child a choice? And then you want to complain and say crime is bad. Why not give them an option to survive? Now, you're absolutely right. And when I think about you hear about diversity and inclusion, but it never is diversity of other perspectives and other thoughts and other insights. It's never the inclusion of different type of uh, perspectives on issues. It is always, you must follow our, our doctrine, our dogma, our mantra, or else we hate you. And the fact that you are receiving death threats, the fact that you are being attacked in a racist manner because you said, I wanna see children get a good quality education. To me, that is, without a doubt, a reason why there should be more people such as yourself in the black community to stand up and saying, wait, wait, hold on. So you think that parents being able to make a choice for the best possible education for their kids is a state of emergency. And when someone decides that they don't want to think that way, you want to attack them and threaten them to the point now you've got law enforcement investigating To me, that's not about diversity. That's not about inclusion. That's not about the open debate and forum that we're supposed to have. Right. It's about control. And the teachers union are in control. And it's not the teachers per se. It's the bureaucracy of the teachers union. Teachers come up to me all the time and say, I support school choice. Teachers support school choice so much 
the amount of teachers that have reached out to me, we're thinking about starting a campaign of Teachers for Misha, wow. um, just because it's that many teachers that support school choice. Not only are the children handcuffed, but the teachers are handcuffed to a system that doesn't work and they don't wanna be a part of that system. My district in particular in Georgia, I have the highest number of um, charter schools than any other district in the entire state of Georgia. Mm. So my parents and my voters have already said, we want choice, right? I campaigned on providing choices. I campaigned on public safety. I campaigned on families above systems. It just so happens that school choice, public safety, families um, over systems are all things that Democrats fought against. Yeah. Yet they were the things that the Republicans were fighting for. Now, granted, there are going to be outliers on both sides of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, a parent is a parent. So I don't care if you're on the outlier or in the middle. I don't care where on the spectrum you are. That's your child. So no one, there's an old, you know, saying, don't tell people how to raise their child. You know, that's the worst thing that you can do. And so from that perspective, if it's a community that does not want Martin Luther King Jr. to be taught, and I'm being really serious about this, if there's a community that does not want Martin Luther King Jr. to be discussed in their schools for whatever reason, um, I would say to people that they need to probably reconsider being in a community. If an entire community is against the teachings of Martin Luther King, yeah. you, you have another problem on your hands, but we can't change people, right? Yeah. We can't change people. We can pray for people, but we can't change people. Well, it's an interesting thing because, you know, as of recent, we have heard, you know, President Biden, his wife, Jill Biden, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, the White House uh, spokesperson, Karine Jean-Pierre, come out and tell us that our children are not ours. They, they belong to, you know, to them and to, to everyone else. Now, my mom and daddy would have had a little problem with that. And so when I look at what has happened with our kids and you just brought up, it's not just the education, but it's also the public safety. And I want to talk about what just happened this past weekend in Chicago, where they had 27 shootings. I mean, that's probably a low number in Chicago, but 27 shootings, seven murders. And one of the individuals that was killed this past week in Chicago was an eight-year-old black girl playing outside her apartment. Do you see this inner city violence and, you know, and the gangs and things of this nature taking over even in the inner cities there in Atlanta? Um, I will say this. Um, Chicago is interesting and it's interesting. I'll tell you just a personal story related to Chicago. My very good friend that I graduated from Howard University with mm -hmm. an educator in the Chicago school system living in the suburbs, um, her son was gunned down. Mm. And so it, it, it touches my heart in many, many ways. Um, gangs in Georgia, the Republicans put up something called, you know, we, we did some legislation to help local DAs prosecute gangs. Democrats were against that bill. Right. For what reason? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I mean, do they not want law and order? Do they not want law and order? 
it makes no sense. And I'm a victim of stalking. And so coming into the General Assembly, one of the things that was very important to me was making sure that the laws for crimes against women were um, intact and that they didn't have loopholes because within family violence, um, criminal justice systems, there are loopholes in the system where women are um, in danger. And so with that being said, there's this, I've realized that the Republicans, from my perspective, being a centrist, the Republicans were really about um, ensuring that the law enforcement and criminal justice system was, had all the tools necessary to succeed. The Democrats, it seemed like they were really concerned about defendants right? People that allegedly committed crimes or even people that had been found guilty of committing crimes. But there was no one in the middle that was thinking about just people that have suffered from a crime. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, um, Democrats were against it because the legislation was, is meant to decrease gang violence. But Mm -hmm. if you were in a gang, then you could be considered an alleged criminal and the Democrat Party does not support or the Democrat Party wants to support the rights of alleged criminals. So that's where the problem is. So what's next for State Representative Misha Maynard? Are you up for reelection next year uh, or what? I mean, what what what's on the horizon for you? So I am going to run for my seat. I plan on winning my seat. I'm going to need the help of your viewers to do that. So thank you for inviting me on to share my message. Um, I live in a and represent a heavily Democrat district. You know, Biden won 90 percent of the Mm. vote. But one thing that I do know, I'm not asking people to change their party affiliation. Um, They'll have to come to that conclusion on their own. And I'll continue to educate them on who is supporting the issues that are important to you. The other thing is it's important for me to make sure that in my district, this upcoming legislative session, I am on the ballot in 2024, but it's very important for me to help get the school choice bill passed. Mm -hmm. It did not pass this last session. Um, There are Democrats that actually believe in school choice, but are afraid to vote against the system. So I hope that, you know, constituents are reaching out to their state reps and telling them we support this. We don't understand why you're not supporting this and we're not going to support you unless you support school choice. Well, I will tell you, and I've said this before, is that school choice is the civil rights issue of this generation, because when you relegate a child to a failing school system, when you have children, as you articulated, that are not reading at grade level or doing math at grade level, and as you know early on, you learn to read. After that, you, you read to learn. And if you, you know, retard that progression, uh, you're creating victims and not victors. So 
Uh, I think that this is going to be a very big and important issue in the 2024 election cycle. Uh, I don't know if you want me, the old colonel, to come back home to Atlanta, but I'd be more than happy to come and help you out, especially since your daughter is going to, you know, a, a Midland gray night. I was a Grady gray <laughs> night. Uh, Henderson, Eddie Sylvester Henderson. That yes. was my coach's name, and that's the uh, the name of the of the stadium there. So uh, once upon a time when I was young, I had a uh, a track record there at uh, with the hurdles at uh, Eddie Sylvester Henderson Stadium. But how can people reach out to you? How can people follow you? How can people support you from all across the country? Because you're making such an important stand and your courage, your conviction, your character is needed right now, especially in the black community, but across all communities in America. How can people follow and support you? So most of my social media sites are my name. So just at Misha Maynard. The only one that is not is Facebook and that's Misha F-O-R Georgia, Misha for Georgia. Um, my website is MishaMainer.com and that's M-E-S-H-A-M-A-I-N-O-R. We would love to hear from you. There's a contact form if you want to send me a message. If you go to the website, you can also click on the donate button or the join the movement button. And we are waiting to hear from you. And I will tell you that what you have done will inspire others. There's no doubt about it. And you know, as it says in Joshua chapter one, verse nine, be strong and of good courage for the Lord, that God shall never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, so you're not out there walking alone. You have, you know, the Lord, our, our Jesus Christ behind you and you have God watching over you. And as it says in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you, those chuckleheads on, you know, Facebook or whatever, social media, you just continue to do what you're doing because you're giving them a smackdown. So God bless you. State Representative Misha Maynard for joining us here on the Steadfast and Loyal Program. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great discussion. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this episode of Steadfast and Loyal, and a special thanks to Georgia State Representative Misha Maynard for taking the time out of an incredibly busy schedule to be with us. And as always, if you like this program, please click the like button and share it with others. And until next time, Steadfast and Loyal. Before they burn it down